Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. Your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, is out to dispel that myth of the perfect child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique, and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. So right now, join the queen of accountability who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. Here is your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. I am your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, and uh, I'm <laughs> I'm coming to you from kind of a unique venue this morning. I um I I just had a, a major tragedy in my life. My uh, my hard drive crashed <laughs> on my computer, and you know, it's kind of like losing my dog. It's it's kind of sad. I um I was typing away one day, and then my computer just let out a literal sigh, and uh, and then I got the blue screen of death, and it was it was one of those moments where I felt like like everything that I had ever done in my whole life was completely lost, and um, so now I'm Skyping, oh, I'm coming to you from my phone, but um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm starting on a new path, you know, I've been, uh, guided by several of my techie geek friends to to venture into that Apple world and that Mac world. So I'm kind of giving that a try and seeing how that goes. But, oh, my gosh, you guys, I, for a moment in time, thought to myself, how in the world did we ever live without technology? Like, how how did we ever do this? And, uh, you know, it was everything. It was, it's pictures and it's all kinds of documents that I have written and everything that I have done and saved over the last three years is gone into the ether. And luckily, my husband, um, Big Daddy, is a genius, and he was able to um, take everything, get everything off of that hard drive and save it um, to his computer, (laughs) of course, you know, not mine. But for a moment there, I felt completely stranded and hopeless and I thought I'm never going to be able to recover from this and I I talked to my kids about it and it was kind of weird because you know I remember a time when we would type things on a word processor and you know when I was very young uh, on a on a typewriter but you know we had everything there was a hard copy of everything in our lives and now that stuff is you know that's not even um, the kids don't even know what a word processor or a typewriter is anymore, and it's kind of amazing to me. Each of my kids has their own laptop for school, and textbooks are on computers, and, you know, all their homework is done on a computer. And what I realized is, you know, all of this talk that we, we, we have amongst ourselves as parents and, and with our parents as grandparents about how, you know, technology has just taken over and it's too much and we need to get our kids away from it. You know what, peeps? We can't. We can't get away from get away from it because it's all they know. And it really kind of like it it would it really kind of made me sad because I started to think about, you know, how hopeless I felt without my computer and 
you know, when when my cell phone when I when I, my cell phone was stolen when I was in Mexico, I felt completely hopeless and and scared and I, I and abandoned without my cell phone. And I thought, you know what? I I take this tool away from my kids as punishment. Wow. That's like that's devastating. And I you know, I know a lot of you are out there going, "Oh, shut up. That's pathetic. Stop being such a wuss." But here's the deal. <sighs> Our kids don't know anything but this technology. It's how their world operates. It's how they stay connected to everything in their life. It's how they do their homework. It's how they stay connected to their friends. You know, we used to sit on the phone for hours when we were teenagers and when we were kids, and we were on the landline, and if we were really bad or we were misbehaving or our moms and dads got mad at us, they would simply come in and unplug the phone from the wall and take it, uh, take it away and say, you don't get this for a week. Or they would ground us from television for a week. But it didn't stop us from being connected to people. It didn't stop us from functioning. And I think that we really have to take a step back when we're looking at the way our kids function and the way our kids see the world and the way our kids operate in the world today and realize that this is much bigger than simply something that we can take away from them when they do something that we don't like. Um, it's it's their method of communication and it's our, their method of research and knowledge and and homework and you know it, it it's just it, it's so much bigger than than what we see it as from our point of view. So I I just want to put that out there. You know I'm going to try to get a guest on the show in the near future to talk a little bit more about that because I think it's something that we really need to start considering and getting into. Um, I don't think we give it enough credit and. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's that's been my experience, my epiphany from my hard drive crash. So that's what we're going to call that one. <laughs> and if you have something to say to me about that, if you want to, you know, call me an idiot or call me brilliant, which I would prefer, whatever you want to do, please go on my Facebook page and let me know what you think. It's, you know, quite simply Tara Kennedy Klein on Facebook. Um you can go to Stop Raising Einstein too. And uh but our our conversation is a little more PG on Stop Raising Einstein. So if you have something that you really want to say, <laughs> go to my private page. But anyway, I, you know, it's kind of ironic that through all of that, my guest today is a person who is um, who is a communications expert. I think it's it's really awesome that, um, that well, my guest name is Sherry Maisonave. And um, she is an, she created this, um, website or business uh, and empowerment enterprises. She's a mom of three and a grandma of five, so I know that she's completely entrenched in what I was just talking about as far as you know, kids and technology today. But her passion is about helping children develop self-esteem and achieve higher levels of success in school. Um, and she's created, written this book series called Egg Mania, um, and the Mania Tale series, and I just absolutely love it. It's hysterical. It has a lot to do with grammar and um, how you present yourself through communication, which you know we love. So without further ado, I want to welcome my guest, Sherry Maisonave. Hey, Sherry, are you there? I am, Tara. <laughs> how are you today? And my goodness, I understand completely the the vulnerability you you feel with the hard drive crash and the cell phone loss. Isn't that amazing? Yes, indeed. You know, and we always used to think that when we would take the phone away from the kids, 
that we were, you know, they were just being dramatic, you know, with the yes. way they would act. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, stop being so dramatic for Pete's sake, you know? And now yes. I, I get it. It was way deeper. What we did was way deeper than simply taking away their PlayStation, quite honestly. Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. I, I believe so because communication and the ability to communicate, you know, is grounded very deeply even in our primitive brain, I believe. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's shocking. It's shocking. You know, I was just – I went to a, a party on Saturday night at a friend's house, and there was a couple there who had just adopted their nine-year-old nephew. And they uh-huh. are ironically growing up in my hometown. They're raising him in my hometown. <laughs> and they were talking about how this little boy is trying to go out and find people to play with. And every time he goes and knocks on a door or whatever, the kids are like, no, I'm playing video games. I don't want to come outside. And I'm like, that is amazing to me. Because when I was a kid growing up in that same exact town, you could walk five feet out your door and spin in a circle and have six people to play with. Sure. Sure. And it was what? safe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it was safe. So what the heck? I mean, I mean, do you have any do you have any thoughts on that? Like what are we doing? What are we creating? Well, I think the dangers were always there. It's just that we're living in the information age and now we're so much more keenly aware of of the that there are bad people out there that will do things to children and you know that it's just our awareness is so much more um, evolved than it used to be. The dangers were always there. Um, however, I do think in today's world we have some craziness going on that that wasn't there in the past. So um, I, I don't um, relate it to technology except for perhaps the violent uh, video games, right? Um, and some things that are accessible that are just um, that will warp your brain if you watch a lot of it, and right. that can make some people crazy. You know, I agree. I appreciate the way you said that because a, I believe that our knowledge of world circumstances is what's creating this hyper sensitive, hyper fearful society that we live in. You know, when we were kids, yes. if somebody got kidnapped three states away, we didn't know about it. We didn't no, know about right. it until mm-hmm. they, the kid was gone for five days, and then they put it on the news, the evening news. But it didn't affect right. us. I mean, now we find out about this stuff in real time. We get Amber in real time, right? And so, and I think from many states away, yes, yes, yeah, it's crazy. So it's kind of like it's happening in our, our own backyard. And I think yes. the other thing that's really important that you said was. Some people, it can make some people yeah. go crazy. Because, you know, yeah. my kids can watch, we watched um, World War Z or whatever the heck it was. We just watched it last night, as a matter of fact. And it's so funny because my kids can sit there, watch that movie and go, I wonder how many times they had to do that take before they stopped laughing. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Well, they're viewing it more analytically then from a film perspective. That's interesting. Isn't that kind of amazing? But yet, you it know, is, another indeed. family could watch that movie and be like, okay, we've got to get dry goods and build a zombie shelter. And <laughs> Yes, yes, it would instill fear, yes. Isn't that amazing how, you know, the same the same thing can be viewed so much differently depending on your state of mind and the way you were raised and, you know, and how you were taught to believe everything that you see or not. It's yeah, yeah that's we kind get of into amazing. those core core values and also I think how people are wired 
and we often forget that children are are wired just as differently as many different ways as adults are and sometimes we don't take them seriously enough um, right. with their preferences and their viewpoints and and the way they see the world That's but they're so also true. internalizing it from the parents perspective i think too so <laughs> oh my gosh yeah we can oh, talk yes, about that, that one. for days <laughs> Well, we're going to go to our first do. break yes. already. It's, I can't believe we're this. I can tell that this is going to be a really great show. But when we come back, I can't wait to talk about your Egg Mania series and what that whole thing means when it comes to communication. So we're going to talk about Wonderful. that when we come back to the break. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you, hold your hand as they point the way, and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend, Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. 
we are talking today with Sherry Maisonave, who is the creator of Empowerment Enterprises and the author of the Mania Tales series. And Sherry, your first book um, in that series is called Egg Mania, which I just totally didn't understand. Like, was that about getting pregnant or? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I so can see where you might go there with that. Yes. <laughs> So what is what is the uh what is the egg well, mania the, all about? The subtitle is Where's the Egg and Exactly? And it features a little boy who hears people say exactly, particularly when they want to make a point rather than saying exactly. And so he starts to imagine this giant egg sitting in front of the word and goes in search of the egg and searches the world and has many all kinds of adventures and life lessons and learning experiences and the bottom line of it is is as um there's a there's a very strong mother figure in the book the great mum henny who's the queen mother of all eggs um as you might well understand i'm big on moms and their influences but um so she tells him she says you know um you'll squish your wish if you talk tackily and the book is written in rhymes, and there's a reason for that that we can talk about later. But um, you'll squish your wish if you talk tackily. And that's really um, kind of the essence of the book as far as the communication angle. And that if we are judged on our literacy image and how we speak is very much a part of that. And myself, I heard people in my travels as a corporate consultant, I heard people saying exactly. Oh, so all I, the time. I yes, I am I imposed, <laughs> you know, my thoughts on this little boy, but um I wanted to bring this to children because I would see how other people would look at them when they said it that way. And this these were educated people. These were not, you know, this was from all genres of, of life and, and many highly educated people. And oftentimes they weren't saying it tongue in cheek you know, to be funny, they were saying it um, as an actually mispronunciation, which is like misspelling a word, just doing it verbally. And so I wanted to bring this to children in that the, the way you communicate is very important and it can affect your your options in life, your choices and, and where you go and how people treat you. And so that's the essence of the book on the communication angle. Oh my gosh, I never thought of I never thought of it like that until you said that just now. It's like misspelling a word but doing it verbally. I mean, that's yes. that's so true, and I never even thought of that. You know, my best friend in in the whole world is um, she mispronounces words a lot, mm-hmm. and it's almost like a running joke that we have now. Like she'll mispronounce a word, and I'll say it the, the correct way, and she'll go, "Yeah, that's yes. exactly what I meant." <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 oh and you know it's it it might affect her how how people perceive her intelligence, which it's not necessarily it's not a reflection of that. There are multiple intelligences. I'm not saying that, but it's how you're perceived, mm-hmm. and perception can become reality, particularly in the adult world. So I think the younger that we can, you know, help children speak correctly and understand the importance of it. Um, you know, the better, the more options they'll have with life. Uh, that's just one of the components of success, one of the many components. 
Right. And it's so funny, too, because there are, I mean, I know people that are grammar Nazis. I mean, they're ridiculous. I can't put a post up on Facebook. I'll put up the most um, contemplative, you know, the most poignant post on Facebook, which I don't do very often. Normally, they're very tongue-in-cheek and kind of snarky. But I'll put something up that's, like, really poignant, and the only thing that they'll pull out of it is my grammatical error. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm oh. like, come on, guys, cut me a break. Oh. You know? Yeah, n- knife in the heart, yes. Well, you know, one of the points I also wanted to make with the book, though, is that, and this is the, the takeaway life lesson, as the little boy understands um, towards the end, is that he can goof, he can make mistakes, and he can still be extraordinary. And oh, so while you. I'm... I'm wanting kids to speak correctly. I also want them to be forgiving of themselves and and to know that they can be extraordinary and still goof a million times, right? I love that. I love that because that's one of our biggest lessons, um, especially in, in my book, Stop Raising Einstein, is that we learn from our mistakes. Yes. But we also mm-hmm. have to be able to go back and look at them and say, how could I have done this differently? You know, yes. not only what was the lesson mm-hmm. in it, but how can I do this differently next time? Because, you know, the the one thing that I've heard a million times is, you know, I make, I make the mistake once, shame on me. I make it twice, and it's a choice. So, you know, it was an accident the first time. The second time, it was a choice. Sure. So sure. if I don't learn anything from it and I'm not willing to take the lesson from it, then, you know, then I'm just being lazy. I, that's what I tell my kids. Maybe that's the wrong thing to teach them, but oh well. <laughs> no, I think that's excellent. It truly is, yes. <laughs> and, that's, and I think um, parents, you know, get lazy too with sometimes helping their children stay on, stay on the path um, with correcting those mistakes and helping them see the, pa- see the patterns and to move forward in a positive way. Um, like I'm all for parents correcting children, not in front of their peers when they mm-hmm. hear them mispronounce a word or say something um, maybe inappropriately or incorrectly, not in front of their peers. I think by the time they're three years old, three to four years old, you know, that can that's not good for their their self-esteem, the peers start to integrate that, and then we'll tease them or, or take that take that forward in how they think of them. Um, so I think it's important to take them aside, but to remember to do that and mm-hmm. and to correct them. So you think that what I'm doing with my friend is probably not the best approach? <laughs> oh, no, I do. I, I think saying it, if you say it correctly, I think that's that's excellent. It's up to her as an adult. Adults are different. It's right. up to her to to make those distinctions. Okay. So where did you come up with the idea for this? Because I know that you were a teacher for a really long time, and you taught, what, third and fifth grade? Yes, I did. Yes, well, as I said, I was um, a corporate communication consultant and traveled widely and was hearing this mispronunciation, I mean, among other words, which are will be in part of the other series, and um, had filed it away, though, I think, in my mind, and had the idea that I would at some time like to bring that to children. Um, but, Tara, one day we, my husband and I were getting on an airplane for, headed for Hawaii for a much-needed vacation, and <laughs> we decided not to take our computers um, to have a real vacation. I mean, 
we had one computer, but it wasn't my computer. We had a, his laptop. And just getting on the plane, I, I heard someone say, exactly. And it was just this light bulb went off in my head, this inspiration just um, just went, just ran through me. And mm. I don't know if you're familiar with some of Dr. Wayne Dyer's work, but he mm-hmm. says that there's a difference between motivation and inspiration. And that motivation is when you take hold of an idea and, you know, run with it. You're motivated to, to take that idea. But inspiration is when an idea gets a hold of you. And I feel that's what happened to me on that airplane that day. And, oh, my goodness, my hands were just itching. The words were just pouring through me. I was writing on every scrap of paper I could find on the corner of, you know, crossword puzzles and magazines (laughs) and actually finished, you know, finished writing it on hotel stationery on the beaches of Hawaii. um, Wow. Yes. That's amazing. It really is, and it's exciting. Um, uh, my husband and I both got quite excited about it and decided to just create um, Empowerment Productions, which um, produces the Mania Tales series, and to go forward with it and had ideas for like five or six books, and we'll probably have more. And so we're having so much fun with it. Oh, it sounds like an awesome it, – it does sound like fun because I'm sitting here – just thinking to myself how many different words we mispronounce on a daily basis or I hear other people mispronouncing consistently. Like it's not even, yeah, it's not even one of those things that, oh, it was a slip of the tongue. It's like that's really how they believe that word is supposed to be pronounced. And if you would write it out, how would you write it? I I always think to myself because I really. (laughs) Yeah. So I can imagine that this could just be an endless series especially with all of the stuff that um, that's on the Internet now, with all of the, you know, ten common grammar mistakes you, pro- mistakes you probably don't even know you're making type of thing. Right. You know, right. That is so hysterical. I just heard one the other day. Um, it was the word nauseated. Mm-hmm. And you're, it's, not, it's not nauseated, it's nauseous. <clears throat> or is it the other way around? I don't even know. How weird is that? Well, <clears throat> I think you can use it. You feel nauseated. I think you can be nauseated. There are there's two different ways I think nauseated and nauseous can go. So it oh, depends on the you context. You feel nauseated, but you are nauseous. Correct. Correct. That's mm-hmm. so funny. Mm-hmm. And I always say I feel nauseous. No, you don't. Well, I. <laughs> you know, I was nauseous. I am nauseous. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so funny. See, we could have such a great time together. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to go to our next break. But when we come back, um, I want you to tell us about how how you incorporate interactive storytelling into this book series um, and how you incorporate all different kinds of art, too, because I find that completely fascinating. So we'll talk about those two things when we come back from this break. Wonderful. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. 
Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Welcome back, everybody. We are. Um having a wonderful time here with Sherry Maisonave, who is the creator of the Eggmania, well, the Mania Tales series, and the first book in that series, Eggmania. If you have a question for Sherry or for me or a comment or a concern, you, we do have a call in line. It's 877-864-4869. And, uh, or you can connect with us on Facebook after the show, and uh, we will address your questions and comments at that time, too. So, Sherry, you talked about the um, interactive storytelling. And I know at the beginning of the show, my rant was kind of about the whole, um, you know, digital technological age that we're, that our children are growing up in. You kind of incorporate that into your, into your series, don't you? Yes, indeed. Um, it is a, it's an ebook um, for the iPad uh, currently, probably be expanding that to other platforms soon. Um, but today's kids are riveted by technology, and they're 21st century learners, or 21st century kids, and they are engaged by technology, and I think there's no going back backwards on that. Now, do we need to manage that? Yes, but they're engaged by it, and learning occurs depending upon a child's engagement level, and after watching um, 
our grandchildren, even a two-year-old, you know, being able to manage an iPad to go from one episode of Dora to another. Um, oh, my gosh. Just the things her parents had downloaded for her. I mean, it was definitely restricted, and she had restricted screen time, but she knew how to operate it perfectly. And watching that and watching the intensity of her engagement and what she was learning from that um, was astounding. And so we decided to go in the digital direction because kids are so engaged. And then we began researching more about it. And the interactivity of of an an e-book that's interactive, um, that has animation, it has sound, um, the art, the visuals are very strong because people learn, and this hasn't changed. Technology changes a lot, but one thing that's constant is the way we learn. And we learn through either visually, through kinesthetically by touch, and visually. Visually, auditory, and kinesthetic. Those are the three main ones. I think I... I um, Bumbled that for a moment, but those are the I do that three. all the time. No worries. <laughs> and so wanting to take advantage of that. So we have it. The book is narrated. And, of course, we made sure the narrator had perfect enunciation because um, that is important. And if a child doesn't know a word, we put some really hard vocabulary words in there to stretch their brains and help them expand their vocabularies. If they want to know how to hear it pronounced again, all they have to do is tap the word, and the narration starts over. Um, They can get a definition of a word without an outside link. Um, The Apple products do provide a, a, you can go to, it sends you to dictionary, but we have you have the capacity on our books to turn that off and just use the inside definitions that we have. And Eggmania, for example, if they were to um, not be familiar with the word, um, let's say, kowtowed, they could tap on that and a big egg would pop up and out of the egg would come the definition for kowtowed. And a simple in-context definition so they can understand it. And then they can hear the repeat. So it's – and then our visuals, as you mentioned, the art um, is – we have phenomenal art um, by Denise Kaliva. She's a renowned artist, and she's a fine art artist, actually. And it took some – she had to think long and hard about doing a children's book. She had never done that. She's used to doing really large canvases. And But, oh, my goodness, her art – translated beautifully to um, to illustrations, and we're getting rave reviews on the art. And um, she features, in Eggmania, she features um, some styles reminiscent of Van Gogh, of Marc Chagall, mm-hmm. as we want to, you know, expand children's ideas of art that's beyond just the typical cartoon or, you know, what you see in typical um, children's books or digital Particularly, some of the stick figure characters are real basic art that you see in a lot of the children's books. There's nothing wrong with those. We just wanted to take it to to a level of because we happen to love art and believe in what it can do for for someone. Um, art appreciation and the color and the um, you know expand expand their their boundaries about art. I love that, and it it reminds me of I I uh, worked with. Discovery Toys, a company called Discovery Toys, for a long time. 
And one of the, my favorite things that they offered was a reading together at home book series. And the thing that I loved about it was it incorporated the types of things that you're talking about. And some of the books were written in cartoon style where you have, you know, like a, a frame shot and then there's thought mm-hmm. bubbles and there's a, and some of them were written as poetry. Some of them were written as, you know, a, a chapter book. And I love that they introduced the different types of styles of writing and art and the, the things that you're talking about because as parents, we so commonly only introduce our children to the types of reading that we enjoy ourselves. Yes. You know, Very I'm not going to sit down yes. and read poetry mm-hmm. to my kids because I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what am I keeping from them? I'm limiting them by not doing yes. that. Yes. So, well, uh, and there's a very interesting thing about poetry. There's a study that was just released last week saying that rhymes, which Eggmania is written in rhymes, um, and we did it for a reason, um, but this study says that when you, there's rhymes or there's with, you know, it rhymes with a cadence, uh, which mm-hmm. Dr. Seuss was big on, it actually improves memory. And How cool is that? for adults or children. Or if you have massive amounts of, you know, volumes of information, hard information to to integrate, to try putting it to rhyme or or singing it. Sure. That's why Schoolhouse Rock was so popular, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they, yes, yes. I still remember Conjunction, find... Conjunction, what's your function? Yes, I mean, yes, we remember that right. stuff. <laughs> right. That's so See, cool. See, you remember it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It got in there. It got in there. So, but you're back to what your point about um, different writing styles and what kids enjoy. So, I think it is important to to put in front of them a broad range, a broad range of styles, and let them discover what what they love. That's so true. And I we I really hope that a lot of parents get that point when they hear this. Uh, that it's if you. There's nothing wrong with sitting down and reading the newspaper to your kids if it's introducing them to a different style of reading and writing. Just pick, oh, pick I carefully agree. what you're reading. You know? Well, sure, content right? content is is very important. But yes, and and you know there are people who love cartoons, and I did not mean to put cartoons down. That is oh, an no, art not at all. in and of itself. You know, I, it's an elevated um, form of art for sure. So I didn't mean to put that down. And if a child relates to that, if that's what they love, um, great. But be sure that you expose them to some other forms of art. Um, or some other types of stories, maybe graphic novels or or um, a different style, so they don't get just stuck in in one mode. Absolutely, and I really love that you're doing that because my I know my kids are a little unusual, but they just they love fine art. So we can take them to an art museum when we go out of town, and they will really enjoy that. Um, it's just That's there's marvelous. so much marvelous, effort. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we expose them to it at a very young age in a way that we were excited about it. Yes. yes. You know, and we didn't, we weren't goofy, you know, it was just like, right. oh my gosh, that's really cool. Can you find, so if you look at a, like an abstract art, a, a picture of abstract art and you go, um, can you find the nose or can you find the dog? That's yes. fun stuff, you know. It's really getting them to examine what they're looking at and really look for the pictures within the pictures and that sort of thing. 
So there's such a fun way. I love I love that you're introducing it in this way because it makes it fun and educational and um and it's in a in a medium that kids are really into right now. Well, yes, they are. They they are into that technology and and I think they're um those little brains are just sponges, you know. And I think a lot of the the technology, the apps and the iBooks and particularly ours um are are not just digital pacifiers, which I think a lot of parents just hand over an iPad or something in a restaurant or a, a, the phone for the games to keep them quiet and maybe take a look at, you know, what you're giving them, the content, because their brains are sponges, and you mm-hmm. can give them brain vitamins, so to speak. Um, and with the use of technology, let them have the fun of of that and the engage engagement of that. Right, we don't have to vilify it so much. You know, if we just put some thought into it as parents, what are we exposing our kids to? Um, It doesn't have to be this this big, scary, technological monster that we have to protect our kids from. No, and there are many studies that show that it's really about content more than uh, quantity of screen time, particularly as more schools integrate, um, you know, the use of tablets, um, and computers in their schools. That can end up to be a lot of screen time. And I would say it's important for parents not to let their kids to go to bed um, with, you know, with tech, technology devices. I think that's mm-hmm. important um, because it can inhibit sleep because of the light that's emitted from the screen. Um, but um, there's also a vast amount they can gain gain from. And But most studies point to that it's it's about quantity a quality of content uh rather than quantity of screen time and one study um many several years ago came up with that it altered children's moods and um made them aggressive angry and to me it's just common sense if if you set any child i think in front of a television video uh video games or television um or even, you know, on the computer for hours at a time, they're going to get cranky. Sure thing. Because kids need to, they need to move around. You know? Sure thing. They, well, we'll talk about more need... about that when we come back from this break. And I also want to talk about um, what you have coming up next in your Mania Tales series. So we'll talk show. about that when we come back from this Tara, the self-proclaimed break. queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network.
Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Welcome back to the show. We are talking today with Sherry Mazenave, and we are coming into our home stretch. So, Sherry, I always like to give our listeners the uh, the information that they need to contact you, and I know that yes. so many people are going to want to go out and get this book series because it just sounds like so much fun. So let us know how to connect with you and how to get your book. Well, our website is maniatales.com. And the book is on the iBookstore, and probably the easiest way to get there is um, just go to our website, and there's the little Apple black bar that will click through straight to the um, to the Apple iTunes iBookstore, because that can be a little bit challenging to navigate at times. So that's the easiest way. It's maniatales.com. And, Tara, we're so excited. We have just been awarded the Mom's Choice Award uh, for Eggmania. And that's a very prestigious prestigious award. It's family-friendly. We have the Kids Safe Seal. We've been awarded that. And we won the IPPY, um Best Children's Illustrated eBook Bronze Medal for 2013. That is so So Eggmania is, um, it has a lot to offer. And not just the narrative with the story, but it also has a back section with just the artwork that has a fun fact um, hunt and find game for uh, over 150 fun facts. Um, for example, you might imagine there's a chicken in something like Eggmania. Uh, if you tap on the chicken, uh, the narrator, you'll hear the narrator say, chickens have more bones in their necks than giraffes do. That's amazing. And is that true? Well, yes. True. No, you put it, it is that true. Line. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. These are verified true. And that then, is like so a dolphin, a dolphin only sleeps um Half of its brain sleeps at one time because they must stay conscious to breathe. Um, so we have some fascinating, just mind-boggling uh, fun facts also that kids are just loving. Oh, my gosh. I can tell you, I can think of three kids right now that would do it just for that. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh, that's so cool. And are, is there, okay, so the egg mania is, 
that's one grammatical error. But does it have a lot of different? Does it have a lot of different concepts in that one book, or is that just focused on? Well, as far as the grammar, no, it's it's focused on saying exactly, exactly correctly, right? But there are many life lessons um, written into it, and um, the little boy who discovers the true blue wish of his heart, uh, which I won't give away, and. So that's it's very exciting for kids to read, and you know fairy tales are supposed to be. Um, Einstein said they were if you want your children to be intelligent, read them fairy tales, um, and more intelligent, read them more fairy tales. And this is a modern day fairy tale, and fairy tales always um, featured, you know, people overcoming either a toxic person or negative circumstances, challenging circumstances, and. So there's some of that woven into and it, but it does have a happy ending, which I'm a big believer in. So, um, oh, that's good for kids. So sure, sure. That's so exciting. Yes, they I, need I, that. They need that in their psyches. Yes. I have, so, and that's the other thing that you talk about too is that you're very passionate about um, helping children develop self-esteem. Yes. And so yes. how did the, how do your books accomplish that? Well, I think like in Eggmania, the when you if you read all the way through, um, the little boy discovers that he gets he can make a mistake, but he can still be extraordinary, and oh, that yeah. that's what he really wanted to be was to be seen as extraordinary, and so you know that it didn't crush his self esteem. Mm-hmm. You know, for yeah, a while, one he mistake feels like isn't the end of the world, right? He's failed. You know, he feels mm-hmm. like he's failed. And but rather than integrating that, he integrates that he can make mistakes and still be extraordinary. And so you never know what kids will integrate. So I think it's really important to underscore the positive with them and, and make sure they're going down the track of integrating um, the right life lesson from their daily experiences what they're bumping up against in the world. And they are bumping up against things in the world. So, Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah it's crazy. Mm-hmm. We have so many, you know, on, on a day-to-day basis, if you're, really having, if you're really having deep conversations with your kids when they're coming home from school instead of just the, you know, the, the grunt and squeak, you know, how was mm-hmm. school today? Mm, did you learn anything? Mm. But if you're really having actual conversations with your kids, it's amazing the the societal pressures that they're up against and the really yes. adult the adult concepts that they have to deal with on a daily basis in the school setting today. It's yes. Just, oh, it's astounding. It is. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Quite advanced. And it is, and I think that that's one of the biggest ways that all of the experts including myself um missed the mark for so long is that we were trying to teach our kids just the right way to do it instead of empowering them with letting them know that whatever they're doing, if they're, if they're feeling like they're in integrity and they're feeling yes. good about what they're doing, that's the right way to do it. If you yes. can walk away no, from I, a situation and feel good about yourself, then you did it right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and another way that we, we show that in Eggmania is the little boy. He's always respectful, but he disagrees with some mm-hmm. authority figures and some of, some of what, what's being told to him. He disagrees with that. He stands up for what he's hearing and what he thinks. 
And so in that way, he has a voice. And that's empowering to kids, to have a voice and um, help them to speak up for what they believe. That is a, that's really an amazing concept that I don't think is shared often enough in children's literature, that you can disagree with authority and still be respectful. Yes, yes. And the respectful part is critical to teach Mm -hmm. kids that. So true. For sure. Oh, my gosh. I can't, that, yeah. That's absolutely true. So, what's next? What, what, what's what's in store? Well, the for next Mania one is Ear Mania. All of our books will have a mania in it because that's uh, exuberant enthusiasm, right? But um, <laughs> Ear Mania, where's the ear in Regardless? And this features the same same boy, and he hears people from all over saying "ear regardless," <laughs> and of course. You know, we know that's not a word, and yes, it's I know a lot of people that don't know that that's not a word. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. (laughs) Me too. And kids love absurd absurdism, and I think uh, we know that from the popularity of Dr. Seuss's books. But they love absurdism, and so yes, it's a little absurd to look for the ear. But um, in this book, um, he also meets another. powerful mother figure and actually speaks to Whistler's mother in the Met Museum. So oh um, my she gosh, comes, out of, so cool. comes out of the painting to speak to him. So, yes. That is so, so funny. Well, I have to ask you a question, and it's based on what you, what not the Whistler's mother thing, but the other thing. What do you think about the whole, um, oh gosh, I don't even know what to call it, but it was like this whole concept of, making up nonsensical words to get kids excited about reading? Well, I probably need to be more informed about that. Um, I think there are many ways to get kids excited about reading. And now Dr. Seuss has has many. He makes up his own words, the nonsensical, you know, things like gadzooks and all kinds of things like that. Um, I think it depends upon the child. And as, as always, it's it's going to vary, you know, per child, what gets them excited about reading. Right. And I don't know if you've looked at any of Ben Foss's information, but he's now he is a uh, specializes in dyslexia, but um, he has some fascinating points on reading. He says there are three types of reading. There's um, eye reading, which is classically what we call reading. Um, ear reading, and finger reading. Mm. And that, when we try and push everybody through the same mold of eye reading, that's like telling everyone they have to be a great singer. Sure. Now, that hit me between the eyes because as someone that does not have a good singing voice, <laughs> wow. like, oh, my goodness, I would probably be classified as retarded if, if it's all based on singing. So, yes. Uh, that's so it, another it great quote, by the way. depends on the child about getting them <laughs> excited about reading, yes. yes. Oh, my gosh, that's so incredible. That does remind me of a quote, though. It's, it, it's the one that says, how quiet would the forest be if the only birds who sang there were the birds who sang best, right? And yes. It's yes. true. And the, uh, but I love that because uh, when I being diagnosed with ADD, I was told that I just couldn't read. Now, that's when I was 32 years old. Up until then, I was an avid reader, but oh, I was no. a finger reader. Yes. I had to keep my finger underneath every single word 
so that I yes. could focus on the word that I was reading and not lose track of where I was going. But when in school, right. once you got into a certain grade, you weren't allowed to do that anymore. No, no. And, and stifled me. perhaps we're wrong. We're wrong to do that. If if a child think, needs that to yeah, stay focused and enjoy reading, then <laughs> we're wrong to punish them, yes. Mm. I agree a thousand percent on that. I think that there are so many things. We're like... If it's true that every child is a snowflake, then why do we try to put these in the put them in these academic molds? I just don't understand that. So I love, love, love what you're doing. I think it's amazing, and you know, I just we only have like a minute until the end of the show, and this was such a great conversation. I'm so thrilled that you were able to join us, and thank you so much for doing that. Well, thank you so much for having me, having me, Tara. It was a great pleasure. <laughs> I love talking to people who are on the same level and plane as me in unique education and unique ways of teaching children. And I think it's just brilliant that you're bringing into our children's world of reading a concept and uh, a way of life that's just going to keep getting bigger as our kids get older. And like to your point, we can't just make technology go away. We have to embrace it because it's the way our children see their world. It's the way they experience their world. So I thank you so much, and I hope everybody Mm -hmm. will take the opportunity to check you out on iTunes. It's Egg Mania, and the author is Sherry Mazenave. Thank you so much for joining us this week, everybody, and keep Uh. playing. Thanks for listening to Stop Raising Einstein with your host, Tara Kennedy-Klein. Make these Stop Raising Einstein principles your own. Love unconditionally, give freely, laugh openly, learn daily, grow immensely. And of course,